2: This is a locker room production. So I feel like we should start this off with um some kind of a ceremonial French dance. Uh although nobody could see me,
3: so I guess that wouldn't really do much, but <laughs> No,
2: it would not. No, it would not do much. Um Let me check the chat here. What's up? Q-Wavy, I think that's how you pronounce that. Right? So,
3: uh, let's see. What is it, Saturday? That means the trade – how many days away is, is Thursday, Andrew, my man? We, is- we are – that would be five days away from the deadline, right? Because 20th, 20th to the 25th. We're five days away from the deadline. Yeah. Um, How you feeling about that? Um – If I had anybody in particular that I wanted that wasn't going to cost a ton, I'd be a little more excited, but I'm I'm more anxious than anything else that they're going to do something that's short-sighted because of Tibbs, but I'm also, you know, who thought the Knicks were going to be low-key buyers at this deadline three months ago? So I guess there's some excitement there, too. What about you? Ye of little faith, Um,
2: Andrew Claudio. It's really unfortunate that, uh, you know, I have to yes.
3: say. Because yeah. you, you totally predicted that Julius Randle was going to become an All-Star. RJ Barrett was going to take a lead. You don't, was-
2: you don't have that uh, recording ready ready to go for when I predicted that they would win uh, 35 games this year. That's not that, – I thought that's your job as the producer to go. I, I
3: know. I mean, if you would like me to go and pull up your actual predictions you for the exactly, season. If you, could, if you could doctor up some audio, I'd much I uh, prefer that. Once locker room has those capabilities, I got you. But, <laughs> um, but let's just say there are receipts out there.
2: There, there are receipts, as there are for everybody. What's up, uh, Lewis? Lewis or Louise? I hope I L U I S. I think I feel like that's Louise. Um. Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for coming. So I'm gonna I'm actually gonna start off by I am. I think there are about. I think there are between three and five situations that I'm that I'm most curious about. Um that I kinda wanna go through one at a time. And uh Luis just mentioned that C P mentioned Norman Powell. I'm guessing he mentioned that as a as a as a rumor. So it's funny you bring up Norman Powell. Because I'm in the process of writing something for Monday's newsletter about Norman Powell. Um and specifically how It's kind of snuck up on all of us how ridiculous of a season he's having. Um, Joshua Richards, yes, he does sound expensive. Andrew Claudio, Mm -hmm. do you want me to put you on the spot and potentially make you look bad? Yes, go ahead. Because who wouldn't want that? Um, Can you wager a guess right now as to how many players in the NBA – are averaging at least 19 points a game, and he's like on the verge of averaging 20 points a game. So let's just call it 20. Right. And, and have an effective field goal percentage above 60.
3: Um, There's a wow. lot of good players in the NBA. Yeah. Group. Think hard before you answer. Dude, this is probably going to help you with making me look bad. How many Knicks do – does Randall have that? Oh God, no, no, no! Knicks are close. Oh, so this is that. This is that rarest stat. I'll say yeah. seven. Uh, you, this is that rare, is what you're saying. You're you're close. Um, oh, wow! It is it is five.
2: It is MVP candidate Nikola Jokic. It is All NBA candidate Zion Williamson and Zach Levine. It is probably would have been an All Star Christian Wood, and it is Norman Powell who's averaging 19.6 points, um, I believe, last I checked, and just above 60 uh, effective field goal presented. Uh, 65 true shooting, too. Thank you, Joshua. Um, Joseph asks, are the Raptors selling? So um, thank you for that lead-in. My number one question as it pertains to the Knicks and I think as it pertains to the whole league is that exact question. Are the Raptors selling? Because looking at the old standings right now, Yes, if you play in the East, you are by default in the playoff race. I guess, unless you're Cleveland or Orlando or Detroit. But, like, you know, I think Washington, Washington right now is three games back of the Bulls and the Pacers. You're telling me Washington doesn't? I mean, hell, Cleveland's only three and a half back. Um, so, like, no, the Raptors aren't out of it. But they're a game and a half back at 10th, and if they want to be serious about doing anything, you have to figure they're looking to get up to 4th or 5th. And they are currently four games back of 5th. Now, granted, it's the Hawks that occupy that spot, so what the hell does that mean? It means,
3: fuck nothing. Um, I don't know. Are you as curious as I am about the Raptors, Andrew? I feel like they're the team that, if we're going to have an active deadline, they're going to be the ones to cause it, because then Lowry's available... Uh this room uh, well I'm sure you of course listened to Lowe's last pod about Siakam I did um, so maybe he might be available and if Norman Powell is available then yeah they they could start the domino effect of an active deadline um so what would let's go down this rabbit hole what are you giving up for Norman Powell Well
2: well before I get there I just want to shout out Chad Cohen I would love to be helpful and take Lowry off off their hands um, and
3: hey, look who's here. It's Jeremy Cohen. Did you invite Jeremy? I didn't, but now it's a party. Now it is a party. Jesus. Hold on. I have to read this. Powell is in the
2: 84th percentile in spot up, 73rd percentile in transition, and 91st percentile in pick and roll ball handler. Um, yeah, Norm Powell is really good. Also, uh, shout out to Eshwin. The Hawks are really good now, which is crazy. Yeah, all they needed to do was fire their coach and get healthy. Um, and play a very, very light schedule. They actually have their first tough game in a while against, I believe they play the Lakers tonight. Um, Yes, they play the Lakers. They are in LA. So I'm not sure how real this Hawks thing is, Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm curious about what the, what the, um, the Raptors are thinking. So, Let's handle these one at a time. In terms of Lowry, I think another team is going to be looking to get Kyle Lowry, and we might swoop in as the third team to help facilitate that because he makes $30 million and we're the only team with any cap space. What am I giving up from Norman Powell? Um, Man, what am I giving up from Norman Powell? I'm giving up a first-round pick, right? Right, Andrew? I'm giving up a first-round pick? I, 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 oh, wait, I think Andrew went away. I don't know where Andrew. Went. Andrew, when you come back, let me know.
3: Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, okay. I'm muted. Um, yeah, I think you have to with the rare category. You just put him in. I think that that qualifies at least oh. the at least the protected Dallas pick.
2: So, so that's what I'm thinking. Is I think you start the discussions for Norman Powell as you start any discussion. <laughs> Obi <laughs> Luis says Obi Toppin. Man, if I thought that talk about a fascinating because if the Knicks traded if the Knicks entered a package around OB and a future pick of any kind for a guy who's going to be a free agent this year, it would be the chorus of LOL Knicks, same old Knicks, Knicks bullshit from the, from the ESPN and like SB Nation and Bleacher Report rafters would be deafening. And at the same time, I feel like if you could get Norman Powell, and Norman Powell's bird rights, which don't have as much value to the Knicks as it does for other teams, but still just go with it. And more importantly, get Norman Powell in your in your building for the next several months and hopefully sell him on what you guys are on, what we're doing here. Um No, Joseph, he doesn't. He has a he has a player option, which he is certainly going to decline. So he's going to hit unrestricted free agency this year Um because that dude in this market is going to get $20 million a year, which is like, I mean, at a minimum, he's going to get $20 million a year. Frazier Coleman. What's up, Frazier? Powell's too small to pay six six small forward. Yes. Yeah, kind of, because he's 6'4". And I think if you're Tibbs, you'd be getting Norm Powell to be your starting shooting guard, and you'd put him alongside R.J. Barrett, and R.J. would essentially play the three. I just like – so, like, if you're the Knicks – trading for him now does give you the advantage of getting him in your building and the whole thing and selling him all what you're doing. But I think your bigger advantage is you're just going to be able to offer him the most money in the off season, but that gets dangerous because is Norm Powell really the guy you want to pay 25 million? Like how do you, how does that sound to you? Andrew? is Norm Powell
3: for $25 million a year. Does that sound appetizing to you? That does not sound appetizing to me. Um, Although you did put him in this rare category that puts him with MVP candidates. Yeah, but uh, it, that is not how I would like to use next currently available cap space now.
2: I mean, really, he's in that category because he has flames coming out of his butt from three-point land. He's shooting four, 44% on threes. But the thing about those threes is like these aren't like crazy off the dribble threes. He's taking mostly spot-ups. 81% of his three-pointers are assisted three-pointers. And I went back and watched, I think, the first like 50 or 60 of his threes that he has made this year, yesterday. And the unassisted threes are ones where he's taken like a few dribbles behind a screen and then fires away. Like He's not a guy that's going to fundamentally change your offense. He's going to be a guy that helps your offense. Um, but he, if he's like your third best player, guess what? You're the Raptors. And what are the Raptors right now? What did I just say? There's 17 and 24. Now, I think, I think Randall and RJ plus him plus a really good point guard gets very interesting very fast. But, uh, Jeremy asks a good question. What's the argument for trading a first for Powell, but not trading that plus for Zoe
3: and his matching rights? Well, it's funny. Should we just bring Jeremy? Can we, can we bring Jeremy to the stage so I could Tell consult- him to... Okay, I guess this is where me invite to speak, Mr. Cohen. There you go. Jeremy bro. would like to speak. All right. Hold on. I'll do this, I'll this full time. Hold on. Okay, so he's here. He's here. Jeremy, wait, you're wait, on wait. with Jonathan. What's your question? All right. Hey, John. First time, long time.
4: Uh- All right. <laughs> <laughs> just a quick question. So, yeah, what, what is the argument for trading a first of Mal- uh, for, a for Powell but not trading that more for Zoe and his matching rights? Because, you know, y- you're already trading out assets. At least you have some more control. <laughs> <laughs>
2: where are you from Rhode Island? Are you? Where is the exact
4: dead center point between New York and Boston? You know, I don't believe in borders. I, I just from- <laughs> I bounce around from time to time.
5: Oh, What's wrong with you? Oh Jesus Um, well thank you for
2: shit. <laughs> thank you for the call, Jeremy. Um man. Well, um yeah, I think Dave Gettleman did just enter the chat. Um let's start with who's the better player and who's the better who would you so if if Lonzo Ball is gonna cost eighteen million dollars a year for the next whatever, four years and if Norm Powell, I think, I think Norm Powell is going to get at least that. Let's let's call it even. Let's say they both get eighteen to twenty million dollars a year. Who who is more helpful to the Knicks in the immediate future? I I guess my answer is Lonzo, right?
4: I think so, but you know, I mean. I guess you could also say like Lonzo's trajectory in the immediate future it might be Norm Powell's because he's a bit older. He's, a, he's closer to his prime than Lonzo is.
2: He's certainly um, a better shooter and a more, a more consistent shooter. We, we have more of a track
4: record of his shot being real. Right. And we know that Norm Powell knows his role. Right. Like there are questions about Lonzo and the idea of just you know, with these comments that LeVar has. I'm sure Lonzo feels them, too. So is Lonzo going to be determined to be an off ball dude, the way he's playing in New Orleans where he's really more of a point guard in transition, or is he going to want to run the show in New York? Um, I don't see that being a factor with Powell. No, but the one thing that, that whether he's
2: the lead playmaker or not, um, the one thing Lonzo does is pass the ball, which is is something that Norman Powell is not as fond of doing. Um, He is averaging – Two assists per game in 37 minutes. No, sorry. He's not averaging 37 minutes for the season. He's averaging – I was looking at his – he's averaging 30 – sorry. 30 minutes a game for the season. He's averaging 1.8 assists. Um, I just feel like Norman Powell – does Norman Powell raise your offensive ceiling in any cognizable way aside from his shooting in this particular offense? Because he – I just looked up his drives per game. He drives it eight times a game. He's good on drives. His, his field goal percentage is good. He does not pass a whole lot on drives. Um, man, I kind of want, I kind of want ball instead.
4: If I had to pick one. It's weird though, because I mean, if the, with Randall functioning essentially as the guy initiating your offense, like you don't, you don't necessarily need to have as much of, of, uh, of a playmaker in the background. I mean, obviously you could use it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it also depends on what Quickly's role is. Are you going to have him running the show a little bit more? So, I, you know, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm showing my cards for probably what we'll talk about tomorrow. But the idea of like, if you're going to trade uh, more like assets for a rental, why not just pony up a little bit more and trade for someone, you know, is going to be in the building for longer.
5: Yeah, yeah. I think, but they're not the
2: same
4: player, so it's it's not exactly this. It's not in a vacuum.
2: No, I know. Um, Yeah, I just, and I'm wondering which of those two. I think Norm Powell would actually fetch the higher price. I think, but I'm actually not even sure about that. I mean, honestly. I think this question comes down to you put. I would. Would you. Okay, let's say this. Would you feel comfortable putting the 2023 Dallas pick on the table for both guys?
4: Um, honestly, I'd feel more comfortable with the 2021 Dallas pick. Why? Because you can't trade future picks when those picks have already happened in the past. In the sense of. Oh my uh, God. Blew my mind. Wait, what was that again? All right, so let me put it this way. The reason why. I am hesitant towards trading future picks is because when 2023 comes around and the Knicks are looking to find a way to get a star if they haven't already, using those picks comes in handy. But when you have picks that you've already used, Uh, they become players and you're now two years into their contract. The players could lose value over time. You know, it's the idea of like looking back now, right, at the 2019 first round pick. You know how we prioritized it so much? Or two 2018 first round pick. With yeah. Kevin Knox, and it turned into Kevin Knox. And now we're like, well, what the hell is Kevin Knox worth? And because that pick lost value over time. So picks in the future are always going to be more valuable. So if you, tri- you we know what this unless, pick is going to be. Unless you draft Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> of course. But then look at the rest of the draft, right? Look at that range from, say, what, like 15 to 30. Or even if we don't want to do that, say, like, 15 to 25 where the Mavs pick could fall, and I think it'll probably go close to, like, 20. But the idea of, like, look at past drafts and how those players around that range have done, and it's not great. It's why future picks are always more, of, you know, of um, a teams just prefer them because of the fact that they can do anything with them. They could move up. They I, could trade them again. They could find I, a player they like.
2: I hear you, and I wish we could point to uh, this regime's drafting record as evidence of why it's better... To, um, that maybe it's better that we make the pick this year, but then I, who am I going to point to? Am I going to point to Obi or am I going to point to quickly? And it's a different answer.
4: Right.
2: Um, I, I want to hit up a couple things in the, in the chat. Um, yeah, Jeremy Boyer, thank you for that. Uh, 40 points, no assists, which is a, uh, for Powell the other night. Um, it's just, it's not, I, I'm not sure. If you're I'm not sure that's what you want. Um, but he also has Jeremy Boyer also has a good comment here. Mavs are gonna offer Lonzo probably twenty to twenty five million dollars a year. Um, like that's the danger of trading for a restricted free agent. Is like I, I don't it's it's really a a tough call. Um Eshwin has a good comment here. If Lonzo comes to New York, don't you think LeVar will complain about the same stuff he is now because Randall does most of the playmaking, which is similar to what Zion does. Um and Frazier Coleman, pass first point guard above scoring wing. Here's the thing, though. Lonzo's not really a point guard. He is, again, I'll steal other people's terms that have been used on – um Mason used this on the podcast the other day. Spencer uses this when talking about um guys like this. He's a connector more than a point guard. So I, I don't – am I concerned about LeVar? Honestly, probably not because I think they have a pretty good – I think that's where the West factor comes in is, like, you have West in your building, so – he, I, if anyone could control Lavar, I imagine it would be him. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a. I'm honestly, the more we talk about this, the more I'm not sure that I want to trade for either of these guys. Uh I think that's where I'm at.
4: But I know you I, want to trade for Alonzo, right? I mean, I don't think it'll happen.
5: I don't know,
4: would, that I, that. would I do it? I, as always, it depends on the price. But I, I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Um, Eshwin asks if Leon Rose used to represent Lonzo CAA represented Lonzo for a hot
4: minute. Was it, was it Rose? I don't don't know if it was him in particular, but I'm sure he got to know him and had enough. I mean, he was, yeah, he was the head of basketball. So more or less. Yeah. Um, Matthew Charles
2: says I, I'd pass on firsts for Lonzo and Powell use both Dallas firsts for Levine. Oh man. I, I am pretty sure – so let's talk about the guys that we could not talk about. I don't think we need to talk about Zach Levine. I don't think he's on the market. Um, we don't need to talk about Bradley Beal. Um, is there anybody else that have, has been in the rumor mill over the last like year or change that, we, that is not available? Not
4: really. Can we just um, say Carl Anthony Towns? Just, yeah. Just to say it.
2: Although um, I was listening to what broadcast last night? Uh, oh, yes, it was our friend uh, Mr. Scalabrini uh, on the Celtics broadcast last night as they were losing to uh, the Kings. And they were talking about how Anthony Edwards is now the, the Wolves' best player and uh, Carl Anthony Towns is taking more. I just f- found the conversation uh, entertaining. But, like, no, we're not trading for Carl Anthony Towns right now. But that's, I just found that interesting. Um, I, What are you most looking at? ahead of Thursday, Jeremy, because I'll go to my next thing after... Ter- my, Toronto's the thing I'm most curious about. What are you
4: most curious about? What situation? Um, honestly, it's probably the margin moves. Like, It's okay. not a sexy answer, but I'd, I'd love to see what Rockaller turns $15 million of cap space into.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: How many assets is it going to be? Is he going to find the right deals? If he isn't, does he have a plan for the draft? Because you can still use your cap space then. Um, You know, there are clearly some at least four to five roster spots that I think can be moved with fair, you know, with certain ease. So that is what I'm really curious about. Because at this point, I mean, like, yes, I would love to see an upgrade in the backcourt. I don't think we're going to see it at point guard. And can Reggie Bullock just stick it as a spot up shooter, or are you going to get a replacement over him? And how much is that replacement going to cost? Potentially too much. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's the margins. Let's
2: uh, let's get some people up on the stage. Um, who's here? James, how do I how do how do we invite James up on the stage? My my buddy James from
3: Halftime I got it. Hold on. Okay, cool. This is fun. We're are
5: we're, we're gonna get into it. Here.
3: James, uh, you're on with John and Jeremy. James, what's up?
1: Awesome, awesome. What's up? How you guys doing? Um, yeah. So I'm. I at first I wanted to make all these like crazy flashy moves, but I now you're looking and there's really not a lot of moves to make. So like what Jeremy said, just make the margin moves, and and I guess you don't have to use all the cap space like I just wrote in the chat. I mean, you can use some of it during the draft and. You could also—I don't know if this looks like a nice reward to the players—but actually give them a little bit at the end of the year. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying don't don't give them a million each, but you, that that money can get split up a little bit. You don't have to use all 15 million, and then you get yourself in a deal that you regret. So yeah, just just make some margin moves and and see where we go from there.
2: Let me, James. Let me ask you: Is your is your do you consider a margin move a move to be? A mover will we'll give up like a smaller asset than it would usually cost to get a bigger name, or are you just thinking like let's just see what what second round pick is out there that we could get for taking on some money
1: i'm i mean i'm not as infatuated with the second round picks. I feel like there's just margin players like not these. I don't know. I I can't think of any off the top of my head, really. I'm sorry, but like. No, no. I I don't, I don't really value second round picks as much as we did three years ago because we just have so many now. But then you could think about it and say, okay, we don't have a lot of picks in like 26, 27. So you could start getting ready to build those assets. So I would take a second round pick in in those years because we don't have any additional ones. But yeah, just not so many where I'm like offloading Burks and like all these guys just for some second round picks. It's just like. I think it's kind of pointless, and and I don't think that we're gonna really sell a lot. I mean, what it's just Austin Rivers, really, right? And, and, I mean, he's not worth anything.
2: I mean, and like, and you know, Jeremy could speak to this more than me. I I've heard, or I feel like I've seen on Twitter, this notion that like the Austin Rivers contract is this great asset because the next two years are non-guaranteed. I mean, he's essentially a three million dollar expiring contract. So I don't even know how much value. He's gonna have to me in terms of like something that another team could actually really value. The only guy that we have, I think, is is, Je- is uh, Alec Burks, and I'm not even sure like does any does any contender look at Alec Burks and be like he's gonna be the difference for us in a playoff you know game, let alone a playoff series. Besides,
1: and, besides the Lakers, I don't see anyone, and they don't really have any assets. So
2: they don't. They yeah, no, they don't have any. Like I, I'm I'm happy you you specified what you were talking about with margin moves, because like, it makes me think of like smaller players and I'm trying to think what podcast I was listening to recently where this guy came up, but like, so Jared Vanderbilt, I don't know if you guys know who Jared Vanderbilt is. He's a player on the, on the Timberwolves and he is um, going to be a free agent. I I have to check and see if he's going to be a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, but like he's kind of like an interesting little player um who he he plays the four he can you know um he doesn't really shoot it but he could do some stuff like he's a guy that you could see the timberwolves with their impending um salary cap situation like maybe they want to unload that dude um another guy where uh who was i looking at uh, I just had it on the I'm tip. actually
1: laughing. I'm actually laughing thinking of Tibbs, like and then them telling him, Hey, we just got Jared Randerville. Like he's like, What? I wanted I wanted Hayward. I'm like what? Ex- exactly.
2: <laughs> but that's uh, literally like what you're what you're probably gonna get. Um oh look, my daughter's coming in here to make a, a guest appearance. Hey, what's up? You wanna say hi? Um I'm like and then like on the salary, like this like the, the second round pick front, like I wonder about I can't believe I'm about to say this person's name out loud, but like Gorgie Gorgie Jang, I will never get his name right on the first try. Like he's the Grizzlies' most expensive player. He's making $17 million. Like do they have any incentive to to get rid of him? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Like Austin Austin Rivers for Gorgie Jang works under the cap. There goes our cap space. Like but what are you getting from the Grizzlies to like get to, to take that guy? I don't even know. I don't even know the answer to that question. Um, yes, you're right, Futternick. Uh J- Jared Vanderbilt is a made up person. Thank you for that. Um also shout out to Max Cyril. Uh feels like trading Burke sends a bad message to the team. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um and Sanjay. Sanjay says, any chance we could get Peyton to the Clippers? The, oh, um, and that re- actually reminds me about um some something somebody put in the chat earlier about DJ Augustine. Um I, I'm 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 up for if anybody wants to come up on stage and make an argument for DJ Augustine, Andrew will invite you up. I have no interest in paying DJ Augustine seven million dollars next year, and I I know he's essentially non guaranteed for um the year after that, but I don't want any part of it. Um, does anyone want DJ Augustine? I, I J- James, you're still there. I don't know who's up still up on stage. Um. Jeremy, James, Andrews, anybody want DJ Augustine?
1: Not, I'm, I'm really? okay. I mean, in the summer Jeremy. I did, but it's like whatever now.
4: Yeah, I'm in the same boat.
1: Because yeah. I
4: mean, it's a different situation. You've also got Rose here. I'd rather resend Rose for cheaper than trade assets to the Rockets for TJ Augustine.
2: Yeah, no, I'm 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 right there with you. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know about that. Um, the, uh, Elton says the only argument is his ability to drive it get to the rim, which this team lacks. And he's better than Peyton. Yeah. I, I mean, if we're using better than Peyton a- a- as the bar. Oh, what's up, Chip? Um, if we're using better than Peyton as the bar, I'm not sure that's, that's what we want to, um, that what we want to do. Um, Matthew Charles says moves on the margins are fine for now. Two years from now, 2022, 23 offseason. RJ at 10 million. Uh, Quickly at two, Randall extended at 25. I actually think 25 would be a a nice bargain for him if this keeps up. And then um, the Mitch cap hold is at
4: 3.5.
2: You can say hi. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Say hi. Um, Still flexible at that point. (laughs)
3: Just to uh, interrupt, we have another speaker request, if I can invite him to the stage. Yes, Um, please. Joseph Raimondi, welcome to the stage. What's your question? Oh, my man, Joseph. What's going on, bud?
5: Hey, what's up, guys? So, you know, everybody's talking about point guards and three-point shooting, and um, I-, I see our power forward depth as a-, a glaring hole. I mean, like, Obi's given us nothing, Um like, is there, like, what's the market for backup power forwards? Do we need to save Tibbs from himself so he doesn't play Julius Randle 40 minutes a night? Well, uh, can, I like, ask
2: you, can I ask you a follow-up question? So, are you, Thank you. Thank you, as my as my daughter is making another guest appearance, she's having all kinds of fun right now. Um, are you cool with basically sitting Obi on the bench for the rest of the year?
5: Well, that's kind of my question. I mean, I I don't, he's giving us nothing. He's not earning his minutes. I, like, is there any chance that they do that and just bench him? And I don't
2: think there is, Um person. I think if they make the play-in, a play-in game, you're not going to probably see Toppin off the bench in a game like that. I think Tibbs would probably stick with an eight-man rotation and not go to Toppin and play, um you know, basically do a big-man rotation of Randall and whichever two centers are healthy for that. But, like, for the rest of this year, For like the the regular season, unless again, unless it gets into a a game, like all the way towards the end, I think there that's one of those like compromises Tibbs maybe has made with the front office. Like you're going to play this kid for 10 minutes, come hell or high water for the rest of the year, which I'm okay with because he's like trying hard and he's trying stuff. It's just not working right now. But like, if like that's the that's the thing about when you talk about what's the purpose of this season. Like, don't is it like if there was a G League, I'd I'd have a different answer. But I kind of I kind of like that he's getting ten minutes a game. I know that's probably not a popular answer, but
5: uh, see, like I, I I just feel like we're past that point now. Like we're we're pushing for the playoffs. Period. It's happening. Yeah, and, it, it is happening. <laughs> you know, like. I just feel like Randall needs a little bit more rest. Like he's not even, he's not even giving OB 10 minutes a game, I'm giving him five and six minutes. And uh, yeah, and he's reluctant to go small also. So, yeah. you know,
2: I hear you. The The only thing I'll say where that's concerned is again, let's use, let's use, um, you know, Jared Vanderbilt as an example. Let's say they trade for Jared Vanderbilt tomorrow or Gorgie Jang, whatever. Any, any person of that name. If it's a, if it's a game that they're in and it's close game, um, which every game is in the first half and most of these games have been in the second half, like, do we really think that he's not gonna play Randall 36 to 38 minutes, almost regardless of who the backup four is? This is where it's like, Tibbs gonna Tibbs, you know? And that's, that's, that's a good point. You know, it's like it's an, it, I'm not I don't want to say it's an unfortunate situation because like we are where we are because of this guy. Um, But yeah, no, I think it's a really it, listen, as far as like thought experiments for the rest of the season go and like the kind of thing where I personally don't think there is a right answer. I think you nailed it with this with this OB thing. I don't think there's a right answer. Like, you know what the right answer is? Play better. That's the, yeah, that's it, the
5: right. Answer. Is that oh, I just wanted Obi to be a little bit better.
6: <laughs> yeah,
2: no, he doesn't need to be that much better. Just a little bit better. Um, yeah, yeah okay. We got uh, Elton coming up for a pro drumming argument.
3: Ooh, this should be fun. Hold on a second. I'm inviting him to the stage.
2: Okay, good. Um, just real quick. All, I was-
3: right. All right, go ahead, John.
2: Oh no, just Max's comment. I don't think there's any realistic backup power forward on the market that Tibbs would want to play more than Taj. To his credit, I think Tibbs sees Taj for what he is at this point, which is a five. But I, I think that's also a fair comment because he does rely on Taj. Anyway,
6: we got Elton here. Yep. What's going on, man? Nothing. Um, I, you know, the, the, the rumors around that, that's been going around with Drummond and we can't seem to escape him. And everybody's like, why? I I think it has more to do with uh Noel uh Noel than it has to do with anything else. Okay. Um we all know so Mitch he- is Mitch and, and what Mitch brings to the team. I think the one thing and the reason why we keep hearing Mitch's name or hearing other senders, like I always thought the the, the Drummond stuff was was smoke until the Miles Turner is the Miles Turner rumor started coming out. And I think they don't have a issue with Mitch's talent. I think they have a issue with, does Mitch work hard enough?
2: I think it would be naive for us to sit here and be like, they don't have any questions about Mitch because I think he, listen, I think he, I think he practices hard and he works hard because if you don't, if you don't practice and work hard for Tibbs, I don't think you're going to play. And like, the whole Noel-Mitch thing, don't forget, in preseason, like that was a real thing. And yes, then, exactly. It was a real thing. And then what did we see? We saw Mitch come out, and he was playing more or less 30 minutes a game while he was healthy. And he, I thought he played well. So I think – and I, but again, if you're not going to put in the work behind the scenes, I don't think Tibbs is going to play you. All that being said – I do think that there are maybe some concerns about Mitch because of all the stuff that we don't need to get into here, but like, you know, six agents and like oh I, yeah, the, the maturity
6: issue in New York. The, <laughs> and when you, and when you pay him $15 million, now it turns into a whole different. And this is why I want to get into the Drummond thing. Drummond does a lot of stuff better than Mitch a lot. And the reason why Mitch is such a, I want to say a, a high value player because of his contract. He's um, making, yeah, he's one, making
2: one point 1. five and one point eight next year. Yeah.
6: Drum now Drummond has never been in a winning situation ever. So he's we never get, we,
2: had a great point guard. Uh...
6: And, we, and we talk, and we talk, and we talk. We, everybody does this around our league. I've, I've had this conversation with people of we kill these players for saying they're not winning players, but they're in really bad situations. Yeah. Drummond averages. 18 and 15 a night and three assists. He's that big that what we all asked when Tibbs first got hired, is we know Tibbs likes to work through the pinch post with his bigs. Drummond is that player that can do that. So Drummond is, Drummond is in my opinion, I think what Norland is what Norland Noel is on steroids.
2: It, you mean Norland Noel, who could actually catch a pass? Yes.
6: Uh, yeah, I i
2: will um I will say this about Andre Drummond, well, first of all, I'll parrot what what Lowe said on his podcast because he has time to watch more other teams than me, and he's watched more Cleveland basketball this this year than I have um his comment was that he actually thinks Drummond has become underrated, just, I think so too, just in terms of a player now, I wanna just take it back to for a second of where the Drummond stuff is coming from, I think. I forget if I said it on a podcast or on like a, a one. I forget. I do too many things. But like, I think some of the Drummond stuff may be coming from Drummond's camp to to uh, no pun intended, drum up a little m- more interest. Because keep in mind, the Knicks are the only team in the NBA I think that could conceivably trade for Drummond because even though it would be a little painful and there's like roster space issues to deal with, they can package together. Um, it would be Nerland's Noel, um, Alfred Payton, and Knox. I think it would I, it, Knox. Actually, I think it might need to be um, brace yourselves, folks. Uh, it would need to be Frank. But to, to let me just quickly extinguish that, I don't think there's a prayer in hell that the Knicks would actually do that.
6: No, um, I don't think so either. I'm talking about from a buyout standpoint.
2: Yeah. So, so, but I think the noise that we were hearing about Drummond initially was because I think it was maybe coming from his camp. Where the Knicks were showing interest as a potential buyout candidate and they were trying to be like, Oh, well, maybe the Knicks, you know, could trade for him because keep in mind if Drummond gets bought out, he does need to give up some, some money. Yep. Um, and I don't think if you're Andre Drummond, um, do you, I mean, why give up money if you don't have to? So I think that's where that was coming from. I, I agree. The Turner stuff made me think twice about, well, hold on now. This is another center we're rumored. About so is there really? I I don't I don't know that I'd pay too much attention to the Turner stuff because again, if you're the Knicks, it doesn't hurt to inquire because you have all this cap space, and if you could get Turner essentially for free or do like Noel for turn Noel in a second, right? For Turner,
4: mm-hmm.
2: P- putting aside any issues you may or may not have with Mitch, like we would all do that, right? I I mean I would do that. I but- would. Yeah, no, of course. I
6: just think I just think Drummond's a, a, a way more talented player and it's just been in bad situations. And let's talk about two years from now. Or or if do you would you rather have Drummond at what's he making, twenty eight fifteen to eighteen million, or would you have Mitch for twelve to fifteen?
1: I personally
6: would rather pay I feel personally more comfortable
2: paying Mitch in the twelve ten to twelve million range. Than paying Drummond fifteen plus, and the reason is for uh, something. Jo- and and uh, that is not that is not a comment based on their ceilings because I think at his ceiling, even for the next two to three years, Drummond is a higher ceiling than Mitch in terms of likelihood of reaching it. But I want to read Joseph's comment because it's a really good one. Um, does Drummond know his role? Is he a guy that would be okay with doing let? And then Fuddy, our our good friend David Fodernick, I think he spoils Randall's flow. So like is Drummond going to be okay not getting these bullshit post-ups every game that he has zero business getting? Like, Mitchell Robinson, say what you want about him. He does not monopolize bad possessions. Like, he's not a a limited offensive player. But so, like, is Drummond going to buy in if you give that dude three years of contract security? I don't know the answer to that question, and I'm not sure I feel confident given what we've seen, especially since... He's been. He knows free agency is coming, and you saw some of the stuff he was doing earlier this year with the bullshit, like point drumming nonsense, bringing up the ball. Like, I don't know. That stuff rubs me the wrong way a little bit.
6: You have to admit it's a concern. That 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 is true. But I think Tibbs has a lot more cachet than JB Bickerstaff, and so if if Tibbs and if he's still here, KP. Kenny Payne tells him, listen, we're not doing this this drumming BS, this drumming point BS. Get your behind where you need to be at. I think he will listen because just because there's more cachet with with coming from Tibbs and it's, he's going to be in a possibly winning situation with better talent around him other than being in Detroit and Cleveland his whole career.
5: You're
2: right. That's a great point. Um, I'm, I, you know what? It's enough to intrigue me. You know, you know, he's, He's actually the perfect guy for if the Knicks, like, man, I can't believe I'm saying that. But, like, bring him into your building to see what he's all about. But even then, I would be worried about, is he going to disrupt the chemistry for this team? Like, and honestly, he's not coming here as a buyout guy anyway. If he gets bought out, I think he's going to the Lakers or the Nets. Um Thanks. I just, I don't know. There's There's so much there that scares me, even though you make a really good point about, Tibbs, Kenny Payne, like, wiping away the nonsense. I just uh, – it scares me. I'm not going to lie.
4: I just want to yeah. say real quick that I think the expression you can't teach an old dog new tricks is around for a reason. We yeah. don't know. We just – we don't know. We don't know if Drummond's the type of player who even feels like he wants to adapt. Um, it's one thing to go to a place like Los Angeles and potentially back up Gasol or go to Brooklyn, as you guys are saying – and back up DeAndre Jordan, who in its in itself should not necessarily be starting, but that's a different conversation. Like him coming here, if you get rid of Noel and you keep Mitch and you bring in Drummond, what and Cedric made a good point, it was like about saying if you're trading you know, the message of like trading Noel versus trading Burks, it's kind of ridiculous in that sense. But let's say you have Drummond here and you have Mitch here. What message is that sending to Mitchell Robinson? How do you see him moving forward? If you're only having Drummond here in the short term, why are you moving Mitch to the bench where it feels like he's being penalized because he got
6: hurt? Yeah. So, or maybe Mitch. They, or may, maybe Mitch starts. But I. I but think is Drummond
4: they, gonna come to a to a team that's hovering around 500 to come off the bench? It's
2: un If my, my, won, my thing
6: wasn't my my thing yeah. was was I, I wasn't talking from the buyout standpoint. I was talking about going and trading for him. That, right. That that, yeah. that was my thing.
4: Gotcha. I, I guess the the one thing that I'd say is that, like, considering how Tibbs thinks of Brock Owler as like a hinky type guy, I can't see the Knicks pivoting from "Hey, let's take on Batum for assets," which we know that they're interested in doing in the off season, to like "Hey, let's trade for Andre Drummond." I just think that they could better use the the space that they have for a player than
6: Drummond. But I see where you're coming from. I I totally do. Yeah. But also, also, but Tibbs is the Listen, I don't give a damn what you're talking about with numbers, cap space. I, I said I know I can put that guy on the floor, and he helped us. <laughs> and that's well, my- good thing for good thing for Timsey He's not
4: in that position to make that call anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it yeah, it is for the best. And I, look, it's it's a worthy discussion at the very least, um, even if I I agree with, with Jeremy and and everybody. I think that they're not going to trade for him. Um, but it's just you know. Look, this is the type of stuff that comes up when you have $15 million in cap space. And again, not that they have to do anything with it. And I also, I forget, I apologize. Somebody said it before. um, I think it might have been James. Like, if the worst case scenario is you give the players a little bit of extra money because you don't hit the salary floor, that isn't actually the worst thing in the world. Um, I don't know that has – has it ever been done? Was it – did they do it in Philly? Yeah, they did it in Philly
6: once. And I think – they did in Chicago once, I believe. Okay. Like, the Nuggets Dallas. A couple, uh, Nuggets might have did about 10 years ago.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. So, like, is it the worst thing in the world? No. Is it my preference? No. Um, let's – are there any um, – a couple people brought it up. Are there any places we could get Peyton to? I, I I would love very much if the only thing that they did between now and Thursday was got rid of Alfred Peyton. More and more – the more I look at all these possibilities out there, the more I'm just like, if they can just get Peyton off the roster um, and get, I don't really, care. like, I don't know that I care that they get anything back for Peyton. If they could just get him off the roster in some kind of a transaction, either to the, I think the Bucks would be interested and I think the Clippers would be interested
6: potentially. Wait, 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 wait. I know everybody in here doesn't like Alfred Peyton, but they need another point guard option first before they, we just say, let's give Alfred, Alfred Payton away for nothing. And it's a fair point. It's because, a- because it's like the comment I made earlier. Name the other guard on this team that can get to the rim and put pressure on the rim other than Derek Rose and him.
2: So I th- Payton to McDonald's. I like that comment from Matthew Charles. That's a good one. Um, he... Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy X says, Alfred Payton made RJ worse, unforgivable. I don't know that I'd say he made RJ worse, but he definitely doesn't, he doesn't pass on these drives. His, his pass percentage and assist percentage on these drives is actually embarrassing. Um, Bulat also says the Hawks maybe if you free them from one of the done Rondo contract. Um, man, I, who I would do, I would do Payton for Rondo. And I I don't think that's going to be on the table, but I just, for argument's sake, I would do Payton for Rondo. Um
4: I wouldn't personally. I think Rondo's cooked. No, I wouldn't. I think Rondo's kinda cooked. I also don't think that's you know, if we're talking about um being a slasher, as Elton's saying,
6: then I don't think Rondo necessarily helps you in that. Because so, I think I, I think that's I the reason I think that's the reason why he's starting. Tibbs wants guard he, Chicago, Rose, DJ Augustine, um, Nate Robinson. He wants his guards to be able to get into the paint and put pressure on the rim. Now Peyton is not the best finisher at all. And that's the problem. But this team has nobody else. Frank can't do it. Quickly can't do it. The only one that could have done it in the beginning of the season was Dennis Smith Jr., and we knew how that turned out. Yeah, but uh, he yeah. wants his guards to be at the to be the head of the snake on defense and be able to pressure the rim and get to the rim. In my opinion, I think that's why he's well, you're, been you're consistently the starter.
2: You're a thousand percent right. And I think the situation here's I've thought about this Alfred Payton thing more than anything all year. And here's where I've arrived at. With Tibbs and Peyton, it's like somebody who's in the mood for a particular like type of food um, for dinner. Like I'm in the mood for steak for dinner. Okay, well, the only steak that we have is expired and it's molding and it might make you really sick. And you're like, well, I don't care. I feel like steak. I would rather have steak than a nice dish of like fresh pasta with like fresh tomatoes or like some nice chicken cutlet. I, I, everybody here knows I'm a big fan of a good chicken cutlet. And he's so determined that he wants his stake that, like, that's what he's going to do. And that's why Alfred Hayden continues to get these chances. Because you're absolutely right. He is so desperate to run a system where the point guard puts pressure on the rim and gets into the paint that it doesn't matter that he's, A, missing all kinds of shots at the paint, and, B, not passing on those drives um, and missing wide open guys. I just – Cutlet's dipped in Guinness. Hold on. F- can we bring Fuddy to the stage for the, for five minutes? Cause I need to finish end. the
3: thought with finish this thought and then I'll bring Fuddy on at the end.
2: I, so my point is if I don't think like people have said like, Oh, Tibbs is so in love with Alfred Payton. No, I don't think Tibbs is in love with Alfred Payton. I think t- Tibbs is in love with Alfred Payton being the only guy there that can do the thing that he needs a point guard to do other than Rose. Yeah, but my only comment here is that. Alfred Payton, let's, let's play this out. We know from reporting that they wanted Derrick Rose or Tibbs wanted Derrick Rose from, from the offseason. That didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? Was it because the Pistons asked for too much? Who the hell knows? It didn't happen. So Alfred Payton was what he got. By the time they got Derrick Rose, Alfred Payton was entrenched as the starter. And they, it was a midseason trade and they were not, Tibbs was not about to upset, upset the apple cart and switch Rose in as the starter for Peyton. And then we got to the situation where one guy or both guys has been injured or out or whatever the situation it is. I think at this point, there's a possibility that Ro- that Tibbs would be more than happy to start Derek Rose and figure out the backup point guard situation between Emmanuel quickly and Frank Milakina. And he would be comfortable with that going forward for the rest of the year, potentially. I'm not saying 100, percent but I think it's a possibility. Can yes. I
6: piggy- can I piggyback off that, please? Yeah. Rose starts if Victor Oladipo is a Nick.
2: Oh well, that's a good place to finish. Can we can we get um, Fuddy up there real quick before we I- we
3: had another question
2: though. <laughs> so oh, okay. is- I, re- I really am curious though to see if Futternick is is kidding about dipping Cullets and Guinness. Or if he—that's actually something he has done. Uh, but we'll—we could wait on that. What's the other question?
3: So hold on, I want to invite Sanjay. Uh, Elton, thank you for for joining us today. We've no, great, thank you, appreciate. guys. Um, so Sanjay had a question. I'm going to bring him up on stage to ask it. Sanjay, you're on with John and Jeremy. What's up? Hey
5: guys. Yeah, quick quick question. I guess um, do you guys think we're going to see anything with Frank at the deadline? Is it safe
4: to assume that? Uh, at the very least, he isn't going to be traded. I guess we can probably dream of an extension after that. But what do you think is going to happen, Frank?
2: Um, my two cents is I do not think he's going to get traded. Um, I think the only way... I think the, I think the reporting... So, again, who's the one reporter that we could always trust? Um, it's Ian Bagley. And Ian Begley reported recently that Tibbs is actually a fan of what um of what Frank does and believes in Frank moving forward um I will um how can I say this um i I have reason to believe i have more in addition to Ian saying that I have even more reason to believe that that is that is accurate um and i does it mean that he's gonna get extended? no, but if Tibbs really does have pull with this front office. And I, he does. Um, and he thinks that Frank could help him moving forward both this year and in the future. Whereas Kevin Knox, like we all have eyes and we've all seen Kevin Knox play um, of late. I feel like the ship maybe has sailed under our noses this year. And um, if there is a situation where a trade possibility comes up, where the Knicks can include either one of Knox or Frank in a deal along with like a second round pick or something for an Oladipo or whoever, I bet you Knox is going to be the one to go because I think if you're another team and you're looking at both of those young players, I think if you're like the Rockets or whoever, you're going to be able to convince yourself like, hey, maybe we get something out of Kevin Knox. Maybe Kevin Knox is a player as opposed to Frank Milakina who again, let's just say you're the Rockets, you're like, well, we have 30 games with this guy and we know what he is and then we got to pay him. So long story short, yes, I think Frank Milikina survives the trade deadline. Um, Jeremy, you want to comment on that?
4: Sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that he's carved out a very nice role. Um, it's not as emergency backup point guard, it's as really more of an off ball wing who's able to defend at a very high level. Um, and Tibbs loves that. <laughs> that's that's what he's been all about for years. Um, so I think that it makes a lot of sense for why Frank would stay. I think the reason why you trade him isn't because – it's not really because you, you worry about costs because he's not going to cost too much. And I don't see another team spending an outrageous amount to try to get him on an offer sheet. I think you can come to terms with Frank in the offseason with a pretty – fine contract. So, it's really about if you're trying to say like, well, we'd rather package him and some other pieces for an upgrade and like I don't think it would be Oladipo. I really don't. Again, I just he doesn't help this team in terms of what they need. Uh he's an inefficient point guard. I mean, you know, he can do other things too, but he's really good as a pick and roll ball handler. Um and I mean, you said 30 games and the truth is it's even less than that because he doesn't play back-to-backs. And he has random injuries that come up, uh, like the the foot injury that happened this year. So you need reliability, you need some sort of stability, and I think also having Derek Rose, who's not the beacon of health, that's a concern too. So I, you know, I, I think Frank is going to stay. Uh, I'd hope so. I hope he does. Stay. I, I, you know, it'd be great to see, but I don't see them dealing him right now. I think that they have other priorities at the moment.
2: And uh, Cedric had a good comment in the chat because I had written in the newsletter around when Rose was traded that Detroit could have had Frank if they wanted um, for Derek Rose. The one thing that I am not sure about, um, I wasn't sure about at the time, and I'm certainly not sure about now. Um, while I stand by that, I think it was basically either Frank for Rose straight up or it was Dennis Smith Jr. and the second-round pick. And I think Detroit preferred Dennis Smith Jr. and the second-round pick because they get a second-round pick. Um, that said, I do think Frank's value to the organization has only increased since then because he's shown that he could do it on the court. He's hit like 8,003 since the Rose trade. Um, obviously, the other night happened, which was great. And as far as whether their opinion on Knox has changed, I would be guessing. But again, my guess is that Knox still not being able to like, like he's had a few little minutes here and there. He hasn't looked great in them. Um, I just, I just don't know how much longer they're going to give him, especially with the fact that he is going to make $6 million next year, which like, doesn't sound like a lot, but if you just look at a player that has given them Kevin Knox's production for the last two years, and you're going to be like, okay, is that guy worth six million dollars next year? Yes, I understand it's six million dollars with the possibility that you're getting more than what you've got in the last two years. But I don't know. Um, I would not. It would not shock me in the least if Kevin Knox is not a Nick um a week from now. And um, that's kind of where I'm at. I might. Uh, Can we all do one one hot take for the trade deadline before we leave? Hold on.
3: Mr. Futternick has joined the chat.
2: Hey, Futternick. So, uh, Guinness, Guinness Cullets, talk to me, man.
4: That's the Macri special, isn't it?
2: I, I've i heard of marinating different meats in Guinness. I have tasted ma- meats marinated in, in Guinness. I've never heard of Guinness Cullets, but now you've got me interested. So that's all I wanted to say.
4: Well, you'll eat anything, so. Well, this is true. I wasn't going to come up because, you know, we shouldn't have two actors on stage today. Jeremy, That that accent was... <laughs> Top notch. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was just, I was just trying to channel my inner Fuddy from you know.
2: <laughs> I'm suddenly in. The, and...
4: I, I was suddenly in the mood for a clam chowder.
2: Ooh, that sounds delicious. Actually, wait, can we, can we all get one hot take before we leave, Futter, Nick, I'm putting you on the spot. Give me a hot take for the trade deadline.
4: Okay, hear me out. Trade for Aldridge. <laughs> 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 we, no, we need a, we need a wash power forward on our team asap. That's I, that's not that's younger than Obi Toppin, so let's get Aldridge.
2: Um, that's a great take, uh, Jeremy. Do you want to have a, Do you want to have a hot take before we go?
4: I don't even know how I follow that. Um, you can't follow that. There is no. no. For uh I'm gonna have to save it. I'm gonna save it for tomorrow because I'm I'm at a loss for words.
2: Um, here's my hot take, and it's I don't know. If, is it a hot take if you actually believe it?
4: You can, can have yeah, a hot take. Yeah, for sure.
2: Okay, I think I think the Knicks are going to, tra- and again, I'm not saying I endorse this. I think they're going to trade for Oladipo.
5: Oh, fuck! Listen, <laughs> <laughs> this,
2: this is not this is not sourced. This is not anything other than me reading the lay of the land and specifically thinking that the Heat are not going to give up a blessed thing for Oladipo, and the Rockets coming to 3:55 on Thursday. With Victor Oladipo on their team and being like, "Fuck, what do we do?" What's and the trade? The trade is um, Kevin Knox and the Detroit pick. That's the
3: trade. That's really? It's not. I guess that's not a lie. I, the chat is erupting with, "Oh God, no!" But <laughs> I can, can I th- make
4: John? Can I make a counter? Please. Couldn't the Warriors, who have shown interest, just? blow that out of the water without even spending that much
2: with but here's the thing the warriors have to send back equal sal. uh yeah the warriors have to send back equal salary because they're already in line for an eight billion dollar tax bill
4: right but i'm saying couldn't they send like Ubre and then looney and some sort of pick comp yeah and guess how
2: much money for Fertita
4: gets to save in that deal I'm, but again, he's already been saving money because they've been slashing consistently.
2: And I think, like, he wants, I think he wants to save even
4: more money. Well, of course, he's Tillman Fertitta. But I'm just saying, like, and there are other ways, you know, there are other contracts that they could try to move and, you know, they could try to get DJ Augustine to somewhere else. They could use, you know, something where they could give up even like a small pick to get um, uh, DJ Wilson off of their books if they wanted to. Like, I think that there are ways where they could you know, make it where it's about equal where they trade depot and still not have to worry about too much money coming in. Well,
2: that's why it's a hot take. Uh, fair you. enough. I just, it's, it's a gut feeling. That's all it is. It's a gut feeling. And oh. I look forward to coming on here on Saturday and everybody telling me how wrong my gut feeling was. Cause I don't, I really, I actually don't want him at this point. I, I mean that I don't want Oladipo. I hope they don't trade for him, but I just, it's a gut feeling. That's all.
3: Um, all right, I think we're done. Andrew, are we done? We are done. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Nick's Film School Pod drops tomorrow, or excuse me, to- Sunday night at midnight. We will also have a live stream after the game tonight. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today.
2: Yes, and thank you, everybody, for bearing with me as I get used to uh, doing these locker room things. I uh, I promise that I won't get as distracted by David Futternick, Guinness, Chicken Collar comments in the future. <laughs>
5: later everybody